Let me share this word with you today in the book of Colossians chapter 1. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for all you've done for me. Verse number 28. Thank God for our children preaching the gospel in song this morning. That was a great gospel message. And, 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 and we expect this week that there are going to be some responses to the gospel. Yes, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for all. Yeah. We proclaim him, yes, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end, I labor, struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. Hallelujah. I want to read it from the New Century Version. It says, so we continue to preach Christ to each person, using all wisdom to warn and to teach everyone in order to bring each one into God's presence as a mature person in Christ. In order to bring everyone into God's presence as a mature person in Christ. To do this, I work and struggle using Christ's strength that works so powerfully in me. I want to just try to be as thorough but brief as possible and talk about meeting your greatest need in this life. Tell your neighbor, there's the greatest need that you have. The Lord wants to meet your greatest need. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you that when your word goes forth, it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire. I thank you that you'll prosper your word in the things that you've sent your word to. So thank you for sending your word to us today. Because there is the greatest need in our lives. And we know that you're concerned about meeting our greatest need. Thank you now for the word that will speak to that need this morning. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Meeting your greatest need. Your greatest need. Greatest need. All of us have needs in our lives. And if I were to ask you today to tell me your need, your greatest need... You probably could rattle off a list without thinking too hard because in this life there are needs, amen, and all of us have needs. They come along with living. Some needs, some needs are greater than other needs, amen, and then there are those that we would consider our greatest need. Someone right now is thinking about your greatest need. Your greatest need. It's probably something that you've been thinking about for some time and wondering how it would be met. Well, as I was meditating uh, about a message to bring to you, this thought was presented to me. There is a need that is greater than any other need in a person's life. Amen? Um, uh, I would say to the unbeliever, there are any unbelievers in the house, that your greatest need is to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Amen. The children talked about the finished work of Christ 
on Calvary. And a lot of times when we talk about salvation, people don't understand salvation even. So when they say they believe in Jesus, they don't even know what they're believing in. But it is the finished work of Christ on Calvary that was brought about our salvation. When I say the finished work, when Jesus died on the cross, he finished the work of salvation. There's no other need. There's no other need for a sacrifice. There's no other need, amen, for anybody else to give their lives. Amen. Jesus' death on the cross was once and for all. The finished work, and I and I and I and if you're going to be saved, then you must exercise faith. You must trust. You must receive that gift of God in your life for that particular need, which is your salvation, the finished work of Christ on Calvary. But what about those of us who are believers? Well, I'll say to the believer today, as the Lord has given to me, that your greatest need is to mature in Jesus Christ. Your greatest need. I know you might be thinking about a bill being paid tomorrow. The doctor may have given you a bad report. Amen. Something else might be going on in your life. But let me tell you something. Your greatest need is to mature in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Maturing in your faith in him is the greatest need that you have in your life. Amen. And this is something that you and I must grow in. Amen. Why do we say, why do I say this? Well, first of all, I say it by revelation. Then it's because it is true. Through your mature faith in Jesus Christ, in whom we have access into the grace of God and the provisions of God, when your faith is mature, you can access everything you need in God. You're not going to do that with, a, with an immature faith. Amen. Amen. As wonderful as it is for us to come and dance and worship, immature people can dance to the music. Amen. It ain't nothing wonderful, amen, that you can dance to the music. You can be living in sin and dance to the music. Amen. 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 But what about when the issues of life come at you? What about when the struggles of life, what about when the attacks of the enemy come your way? What about when the doctor tells you you have two weeks to live? Amen. How are you going to stand? How are you going to persevere? How are you going to go on unless you have a mature faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? The mature believer knows how to trust Christ in spite of everything else and not lose it. Amen. And not lose it. The mature believer knows how to wait on the Lord. The mature believer knows how to walk through the trials and the, the tribulations and the difficulties and the challenges of this life. Amen. And know how to come out victoriously. The mature believer. The, the mature believer knows, amen, beyond a shadow of a doubt and is not shaken, amen, to the point of no return when there are bad reports that come his or her way because as we sing in the song, we believe the report of the Lord. God's going to work this thing out, amen? Amen. One way or the other, we are still winners, amen? Glory to God. If, 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 if it's sickness, glory to God, and God doesn't heal us on this side, that's all right. We still win because healing is going to come on the other side. 
talking about mature believers. I, I'm, I'm not talking about folk that say they got faith in God and then when trouble comes, they don't know what to do. They're shaking in their boots, they're crying, they're running here, and they're running there. Amen. The mature believer knows how to war, amen, in the spirit of God. So your greatest need, your greatest need is to mature in your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The mature believer is trained up in the word of God, amen, by constant use of that word and knows that the, knows that the word of God works because that person has tried it and God has proven himself to be true. The mature believer. Trained up. Hallelujah. 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 In the word of God by constant use of the word of God. Means when trouble comes, I know what to say. I stand on the word of God. Ah, when trouble comes, I don't have some witty saying to say. When trouble comes, I don't have worldly wisdom to confront it with. When trouble comes, I have the word of God. Hallelujah. I stand on the word. And I know that the word works. Hallelujah. Because I know that God is not a man that he should lie nor a son of man that he should repent. I know that if God said it, God will perform it. Amen, amen. I know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I know that if God did it for Abraham, God will do it for me. Hallelujah, because he's the same. I know, glory to God, if God did it for Joshua, God will do it for me. Now, the mature believer has to know what God did for Joshua. Are you hearing me? We can say if God did it for, 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 for Jacob, he'll do it for me. But what did God do for Jacob? Huh? So the mature believer is trained up in the word of God. Hallelujah. My Bible doesn't sit on my shelf all week long until I get ready to come to church on Sunday. All my money doesn't go to buy music and, and buy shoes and buy clothes. Some of my money goes to buy some Christian literature, buy Bible dictionaries, glory to God, amen, to, 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 to buy Christian music and download sermons, amen, and teachings so that I have something else to listen to. The mature believer. And there are a lot of people in the church that are not mature, Elder. Amen. Oh. And that's why when trouble comes, we don't know how to deal with it. Hallelujah. When trouble comes, we're running, looking, and it's all right to look for help because sometimes we need help. But my goodness, you ought to be strong enough to deal with some stuff of your own. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Everything that comes your way shouldn't shake you. Yeah, most of the things that come your way shouldn't shake you. And if you're shaking a little bit, you ought to soon pull yourself together. Hallelujah. If nobody else gets to you to speak the word of God to you, you ought to know that the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit of God and the Spirit of God will speak the Word to you in your time of need if no other physical person ever gets to you. Hallelujah. 
A mature believer. Mature believer. You know, it's easy to say seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness or to say delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. But it takes a mature believer to do that. It takes a mature believer to seek God first because most of us don't seek God first. Amen. Most people seek people first. Got a problem? You start texting somebody. Mm. Am I telling the truth? Elder Hassan said I'm telling the truth. But that's what people do. You got a problem? You start talking. You got to find your friend to tell him about it. When you ought to be finding Jesus. Hallelujah. First of all, you ought to be talking to the Lord. Amen. Because you found yourself delighting in him. And he said he will give you the desires of your heart. So if the Lord will give you the desire of your heart, after you've been delighting yourself in him, you know beyond the shadow of a doubt. There's no need of me telling anybody else about this because God's already got it. This is going to work out to his glory and to my good. Ah, if I just wait on him. Hallelujah. He has his time set now. And if I just wait on him, the mature believer, as I said earlier, knows how to wait on the Lord and knows that you must wait on God because God does not always move when we want him to move. Hmm, God might decide to wait till next year. Hallelujah. Can you wait on him? The scripture speaks a lot about maturing in the Lord and maturity in Christ Jesus. Um, and, and, and so just a couple of these scriptures. In uh, 1 Corinthians 13, around the latter part of that, that chapter, uh, it says, When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now, now, now let me back up and let me, let me change the wording in there. When I was immature, I talked like an immature person. I thought like an immature person. I reasoned like an immature person. But when I became mature, I put away immature things. Put them away. I put them away. I put them away because I realized in, in this process of being trained up in the word, that maturity has come in my life and there's no place for these immature things. Even though an immature thought may come my way, I push it aside so that I can think as a mature person in the Lord. Hebrews 5 and 12 says, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, Lord have mercy. How many, I want y'all to answer this question. How many of y'all have been in the Lord 10 years? Raise your hand. Everybody in here, you've been saved 10 years. 10 years. Okay, let me say something to you. By this time, you ought to be teachers. By this time, every one of you that raised your hand should be teaching the Word of God. Amen. Well, anyway, glory to God. Hallelujah. He said, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. Still dealing with elementary things. You need milk, not solid food. 
Anyone who lives on milk, being, an, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use has trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. The mature person, the mature person, is able to deal with the solid food rather than having to be fed on milk because you are not acquainted with teachings about righteousness. Lord, have mercy. So we have to go over the teachings on righteousness over and over and over and over again. When the teachings on righteousness should be for the new believers, for the new converts. Amen. Not the people that's been in the Lord 10 years, five years. Amen. 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 Uh, Lord, have mercy. One of the greatest needs, one of the greatest ways to help believers become spiritually mature is to help them understand, amen, uh, how important it is for them to be in a place where there is a steady stream of God's word being preached and taught. <clears throat> amen? <clears throat> it is so important for you to understand that you need to be in a place, I got to take this loose. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. That you need to be in a place where the word of God is being steadily preached and taught. Amen. Now, 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 when I say that, I'm not talking about lecturing on the latest fads. I'm not even talking about teaching or, 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 or preaching about those things that will excite the emotions. Amen. Amen. A few moments ago, I could have just went into a great hoop, you know, and we could have still been dancing. But when you finish, after I finish tuning up and the, and the music, you know, the, the organ can, you know, do some things, you know, when the, kid, when the organist knows what to do. And, and, yeah, it'll start stirring you on the inside. And you'll just start feeling even better. Amen. Uh, you, you'll dance a little while longer. Glory to God. Amen. You know, and so we, we, we could get into that and people will leave. Some people will leave and say, oh my, the glory of the Lord filled the house today. It was so wonderful the man of God couldn't even preach. Ah, but when you, when you finish dancing, when you finish dancing, what would you have had to live on? Hallelujah. I mean, what would you have had because your dance is not going to pay your bills? Your dance is not going to answer the doctor when he tells you that there is an incurable disease that you're facing. Your dance, amen, and as wonderful as the praise is, and yes, I know the Bible teaches that God inhabits the praise of his people, but I, I guarantee you, the praise that God inhabits is, is praise that's done in spirit and in truth. The day will come when men will neither worship me in this mountain, neither in the city of Jerusalem, but those who worship me, the true worshipers, will worship me in spirit and in truth. Which means that you have matured in your faith in the Lord. 
You've come to, you move from that place of will worship. Yeah. Uh, you, you move from that place of worshiping the way you will and the way that you think you want to do it, amen, to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Let me go a little bit further here. So, so I'm not talking about exciting stuff, you know. I'm, I'm talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Excuse me. Uh, 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 I'm preaching about uh, rightly dividing, correctly handling, analyzing and handling, correctly teaching the word of God. Amen? This is where the wisdom of God is. The wisdom of God is in his word. Amen. And that's why we must study so that we can correctly analyze, correctly handle, correctly teach the word of God. Because anything that I say that appeals to your emotions will not do you any good. But when I when I correctly divide the Word of God and I pour out and teach you the Word of God, the wisdom of God is imparted in your life. Now what you do with that wisdom makes all of the difference in the world as to whether you will mature or not. Amen? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right? Praise the Lord. It's no secret that things are going to come at you in life, right? How you handle those things make all of the difference in the world. The wisdom of God poured into your mind and spirit on a regular basis will make the difference. Somebody say a regular basis. Say a regular basis. How regular is regular? So, so is regular... Once every week. It's not once every week. So why don't I see the same group on Wednesday? There will at least be twice a week. Why don't I see the same group on Sunday morning? That would be three times. At least three times a week that someone will be pouring into you. And the other times you could be pouring into yourself. You could be taking the word of God and searching the scriptures to see if the things that I've told you or one of the other elders has told you is the truth. I'm talking about, you said regular, right? How regular is regular? This, this is not to embarrass anybody, make anybody feel bad, but it's to make a point. Yeah, 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 yeah. We need the anointed preaching and teaching of the Word of God. Amen? It causes us to break free from our past and embrace a new life in Christ Jesus. Amen. When you get the wisdom of God, when you get the regular preaching and teaching of the Word of God, you cannot remain the same. How many of you will tell the truth and say that the teaching and preaching of the Word of God has made a difference in your life? Amen. 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 As I said, it will cause you to break free from your past. And all of us have a past. Amen. All of us have a past. Amen. It's the Word of God 
through the Spirit of God that causes us to break the cycles of old habits. Mm, habits that are not pleasing to God. Mm, mm, mm. And begin to establish new habits. Amen. 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 <sighs> Why do you think the scripture encourages you to be renewed in the spirit of your mind? Because there was some old stuff in you. There were some old things that you learned as you grew up. How, how are habits formed anyway? Habits are formed from things we learned and we started doing them over and over and over and over again. Yeah, on, on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah, on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah. You know, you tell a person, you go to the doctor, and the doctor says, okay, you have high blood pressure, all right, so this is what you need to do. You need to take salt out of your diet. The first thing, I mean, the doctor could say, uh, take baking soda out, or baking powder out, but when he says take salt out, <laughs> salt, food just don't taste right without salt. How can I take salt out of my diet? And the doctor said, well, if you want to live, take salt out of your diet. Because it was a habit that was formed in your life from a child that salt made foods taste good. So if, if your mother had never cooked with salt, you would have not, not known the taste of salt, so salt would have not tasted any different, made the food taste any different. We said, I can't do it. Habits. That, that's just, the, I, just I, I wanted to use that one. I didn't want to go to another habit. I, I, just, I just wanted to talk about that one. That's, a, that's one. Yeah, but there are other habits. Think about it that you formed from the time you were a child. Habits that you started that you didn't even know that you were starting. Because most of the time we learn things as children, we don't know that we're learning them. Okay? You take a child that cries and cries and cries and cries, and the first thing the mama does is the mama picks the child up and starts patting the child and starts rocking the child. So what are you teaching the child? You're teaching the child that once you cry, I will respond. So then the child develops a habit of crying. And you never allow the child to lay down. But you always pick that child up and hold that child. Now, mature parents know that crying is good. So sometimes the baby has to cry. And they know that if you always hold the baby and rock the baby, you're going to develop a child that you're not going to be able to control later on when that child begins to be five, six, seven years old. You're, you're, you're allowing that child to develop a habit that all I got to do is cry and I'll get your attention. So now they're five, six, seven years old and they start acting out that crying is worse and you're still responding. Habits. 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 Hmm. Hallelujah. <laughs> so God wants us to break those old habits and establish new habits that are pleasing to him and that benefit us because there's some good things 
that we can develop in our lives that please God and that benefit us. But in order for it to become habitual, we got to do it regularly. We got to do it over and over and over and over and over again. Mm. Lord have mercy. You know, when I, and I say that, and I, I know I gotta, we got to go, but, uh, you know, when I think about this, think about this. If our old habits were not pleasing to God who created us in his image and his likeness and who desires the best for us, then those old habits are not good for us, right? Okay? God would not have us turn away from something that's good for us, would he? God only wants good for us. He says, the thoughts I think toward you are good only and not evil to give you, what? A future and a hope. So God says, my thoughts toward you are only good. I don't think bad toward you. All right? I don't have bad thoughts about you at all. On the other hand, there is someone who would have us turn away from the good and embrace the evil. I'll say it again. There is someone who will have us turn away from the good and embrace the evil. Young people, you have to be careful because as you grow up in life, you're going to meet people that are going to tell you that, the, that your parents didn't know what they were talking about. I'm talking about parents, you know, we raised our children in the church and we, we taught them the word of God and, you know, we, we took them to church and, you know, don't believe the lie of the devil. I heard people say, I'll use this example. I don't eat grits because my mama made me eat grits when I was a child. That's a lie. I eat grits every day I was a child. still love them. So you don't stop going to church because your parents made you go to church when you were a child. That's a lie from the devil. And you got to understand when lies come your way. Because you will meet people who will tell you that what you were taught was wrong. Well, when did they search the scriptures? When did you take the time to search the scriptures yourself? So that the faith that your parents tried to instill in you now becomes your faith. And you search the scriptures for yourself so that you know what your parents taught you was the truth. And you embrace it for yourself. Satan only comes to do what? Steal, kill, and destroy. I don't care what he shows you. I don't care how good it looks. His end result is to steal, kill. In Revelation 12 and 9, the Bible says that, uh, that, that the deceiver has, that he has gone forth to deceive the whole world. Satan's plan is to deceive the entire world. That's his mission. Deceive us for what reason? To ensnare us. To stop us from coming into the knowledge of, of the truth and the knowledge of the things, that, the things of God. The God who only desires good for us. The God who only has good plans for us. Satan wants to stop us from coming into the knowledge of this God. He doesn't mind if you dance. No, he don't mind if you pay your tithes. He just doesn't want you to be rooted in this word. He does not want you to be rooted in this word and know how to skillfully use it. Because he cannot stand against the word of God. 
But back to old habits that are not pleasing to God. I asked earlier, where did they come from? We learn them, we acquire them over the years, and we grow up in life uh, as we grow up in life and experience things. You know, and I talked a little bit about this Tuesday, Wednesday night. You know, a lot of people have been traumatized, and I think I talked about it last time, not Sunday, Sunday before last. A lot of people have been traumatized as children. Satan takes advantage of that, of that trauma that you face as little children. And sometimes parents don't realize when they're traumatizing their children. Parents, you can't just beat up on your children. You can't just call your children dumb and stupid and yell at them and fuss at them all of the time. No, 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 you can't do it. If they need a whipping, give them a whipping, but don't traumatize them. You know, you know, let alone with uh, 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 sexual abuse and things that we allow our children to watch on television that traumatizes their minds. The music we allow the little children to, to, to listen to that traumatizes their mind. While we're going on about our business, doing what we want to do, you know, we're giving our children over to the devil. And then when they get 15, 16, 17, we want them to just love the Lord. And we don't realize that there's been trauma that's taking place. And listen, not just the teenagers, but there are a lot of adults in the church throughout the world who have been traumatized as children. And it affects the way that they deal with people, the way that they deal with each other. You know, and my goodness, what about, you know, so you got two traumatized people that get married, amen, and they bring trauma into the marriage and expect things to work. I mean, and, and, and all of us have, ex have experienced this in our lives, but it's something that you have to deal with. Because you are looking for failure. You don't know you're looking for it because the devil has blinded your mind. Now, now what, 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 we, what we fail to do, you're working on jobs, you got insurance that'll pay for counselors, and we will not go to counseling. Ain't nobody going to call me crazy. Ain't nobody call you crazy. You got a problem. That somebody needs to dig down deep inside to root it out. Listen, there was a grass that was called nut grass. Some of y'all might be old enough, but Brother Mountain know what I'm talking about. Nobody else knows what I'm talking about. Brother Talbot knows what I'm talking about. Okay, there's a grass that's called nut grass. You can't get rid of nut grasses. You got to dig down in there and get, the, get way down and get rid of nut grass. And some of the stuff that has happened to us, listen, and this is not to embarrass anybody, amen, but it's time for the church to just bring stuff to the forefront. Amen. This stuff is deeply ingrained in us. You can't dance this out. Sometimes you can't pray this out. I can't preach it out of you. Somebody got to be able to, to get you to a place by yourself. You're not going to be open in front of anybody else. Somebody got to get you by yourself and begin to ask you the right questions because you built up a wall. And you're only going to let people get so close to you. Because way back as a little child, you were traumatized, and the devil has been using that. You've been trying to go on with your life, 
But every so often, this, that old thing will crop his head back up again. Ooh, Lord, have mercy. And sometimes that trauma translates into bad habits, and we don't know why people are doing what they're doing. And we're fussing at them. We're trying to beat the devil out of them. You know, you can't beat that out of a child. Lord, have mercy. Now, now, saints of God, I, I can start preaching right here and just, fi- just finish this next week. Because when you think about this, th- this deals with your maturing in Christ. This will stop you from going to where you need to go in the Lord. It will stop you. Amen? Lord Jesus. Oh, God, help us today. Help us today. Help us today. Hallelujah. These things will stop you from your spiritual maturity. Yeah, they'll stop you from your spiritual maturity. Yeah. Now, if bad habits hinder spiritual growth, then good habits promote spiritual growth. Good habits promote spiritual growth. And spiritual growth will eventually bring you to spiritual maturity. Amen. Maybe I said something today that will push somebody a little bit further to, to, to deal with some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, you wonder why you can't get along with people. Or the people can't get along with you. And maybe something that, you know, you never put your finger on. Hmm. Anyway. Let me talk and tell you three things, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray and let us go. I think the Spirit of the Lord has touched some things in some people right now. Because, you know, we're trying, to, we're trying to go on, and there's some things that need to be fixed. Some stuff you ought not want to take to the grave with you. You know, you're trying to be happy in life, trying to find full fulfillment in life, and you're just not finding it because there's some stuff that needs to be dealt with. And I think, you know, when we, when we come into the church and we're trying to do ministry, you know, we learn to put on this, this face, you know, so that people will think that we are something else. We want to feel good about ourselves, but we also want people to feel good about us, and then stuff starts happening, and folks start seeing us for who we really are. And then we don't know what to do with it, and if we aren't careful, we'll run to another church, or we'll stop coming to church at all. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Well, what do we need to do to to promote healthy spiritual growth? Healthy habits. There are some things, some simple things that that we can do. Uh, The first thing is, and and, and most of us are good at this, uh, it goes back to what I said earlier. And, 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 And the early church 
the apostles realized the, the importance of this. And it's taught to us in, he, in Hebrews 10.25. One of the things that you need to do if you're going to promote, going to develop some healthy habits, doing some things habitually, is that you must habitually attend worship services. It has to be a habit. All right? And I know that we don't normally talk about it like this, but, you know, as opposed to you end the day out tomorrow. You're in for two weeks, you're out for three weeks. You're in for, 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 for one month, you're out for six months. You know, Hebrews 10 and 25, listen to this. It says, uh, as a part of calling the believer to persevere in the faith, says, um, and let us consider how to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Verse 25 says, not giving up or neglecting meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So the early church realized the value of the word of God, all right? And, 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 and they realized the value of the teaching and the preaching of the word of God that's rightly divided, rightly analyzed. And they said to the believers, don't neglect the assembly of the saints, you need to, when the church comes together, you need to be a part of the meeting. If you're going to grow toward maturity, you need to be there, okay? What's going to happen when we meet together? The Word of God is going to be preached. The Word of God is going to be taught. Wisdom is going to be imparted, all right? There is an endless flow of revelation, knowledge, and, and understanding of the Word of God and the kingdom of God, all right? There is an endless flow, amen, of the understanding of these things, amen, that you need if you're going to be a real kingdom citizen, right? You need to understand God's ways, all right? You need to understand God's will, all right? You need to understand God's heart. It comes when you're sitting under the preaching and teaching of the Word of God, which you may not get when you're at home reading the Bible by yourself. It's good that you can read. It's good that you can study. But there is the assembly of the saints where things happen that's not going to happen when you're by yourself. Amen? And as you come together, not only are you going to receive, but you are told that you are to stir each other up. So part of what I'm trying to do is to stir you up. And when you get what I'm preaching and teaching, you should use that to stir somebody else up. Under good works, not bad works. All right? Encourage one another. Amen? Once you get the Word of God, you've got to apply the Word of God to your life. Application, there's no, there is no substitute for application. You've not learned the Word if you've not applied it to your life. Amen? There is no substitute for application. James 1 and 22 says, do not be hearers of the Word only. When you do, you're only deceiving yourselves. You are deceiving yourself when you only hear and you don't apply. You're like a person that looks in the mirror, and as soon as you walk away, you forget what you saw. You got to apply. I learned just by sometimes when I'm on, on our prayer call in the morning, I don't take notes. I just listen. And as soon as the prayer call is over, I just about forgot what they talked about. First of all, it's early in the morning. And I like to sleep early in the morning. But when I take notes, did I remember? 
And then when I get the word and put it into action, when I apply that word, then it is ingrained in me. Amen? I have to tell your neighbor, application. You got to apply the word of God. You've got to apply the word of God. Now, there are some things you've heard today that you've got to apply if you want a breakthrough. All right? I can bring you to this altar and anoint you with all and pray for you. Nothing may happen at the altar. But if, if there is a stronghold, if there is a habit, if there is some trauma in your life that you go and deal with, God will give you the breakthrough. Thirdly, you got to have a strong prayer life. Somebody say a strong prayer life. You know what a strong prayer life is not? It is not. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. It is not. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray to the Lord my soul to keep it. If I should die before the work, I pray to the Lord my soul. That's not a strong prayer life. And, and when you talk about a strong prayer life, and, 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 and all of what I've just finished talking about is vital in developing a strong prayer life. You're studying the Word of God because a strong prayer life is when you learn to pray back to God what He's prayed to you. Amen. What He's spoken to you in His Word. So you're praying the Word of God back to God and you're spending time with God. That leads you into the presence of God. Amen. Your prayer life, listen to me, it's your prayer life that's going to lead you into the presence of God. Now you've already proven that you only come here most of you once a week. So if you wait until you sense the glory of the Lord filling the tabernacle, then you're only in his presence once a week. But if you have a strong prayer life, you can be in his presence every day. Your prayer life, saints, it's your prayer life. You got to learn to spend time in prayer, spend time in the Word. Word and prayer go together and develop a strong prayer life that leads you into the presence of God. It's not the church service that's going to lead you into the presence of God. It's your prayer life that's going to lead you into the presence of God. It's your prayer life. Paul said to the church at Colossae, he said, we're preaching Jesus Christ. We're admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone, so that we may bring everyone into the presence of God fully mature. God's desire is that his people be in his presence. And when I read that scripture, it, it makes me wonder if immature Christians ever experience the presence of God. If you take worship as a plaything, when do you experience his presence? If you don't have a prayer life, when do you experience his presence? If you're not in the word, when do you experience his presence? If you're not applying his word to your life, when do you experience his presence? Do you know that it's the presence of God 
when the saints go forth in praise? Is it his presence you are experiencing when you're dancing? Or are you just like, you know, you just, this becomes the nightclub flow. You're just dancing to the music. As you mature in the Lord, and this is what God is calling us to, to become mature believers. It's a growth process to grow into maturity. So start giving yourself. Start giving yourself to being in worship. Because for most people, as long as we've been preaching this, a whole lot of people are still not studying the Word. So you need to be here when the worship services are going on. I didn't, I didn't write this Bible. I didn't put that verse there. God put it there. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. You're a believer? Find yourself in worship. Right? And don't just go anywhere. If you're connected to a ministry, that's where you're supposed to be. You got no business visiting here, there, and yonder. Sometimes you have to be out, but you ain't got no business visiting here, there, and yonder. Told y'all that about this family and friend stuff. We do ours on Saturday when we did it. Because I don't want y'all going nowhere else visiting your family on that family and friend. You're going to miss what God has for you here. Because you got a family and friends day. So what if God sent a special message that was going to bring great wisdom and revelation in you and you were over there eating chicken at family and friends day? Pastor, you just hard. There's a whole lot of things I need to be harder with you on. I understand why Jehovah's Witnesses, once you leave, you leave the Christian church and go to Jehovah's Witness, you're going to be in the teaching every Saturday. Can't get you on Wednesday night. Can't get you on Sunday morning. We get you, you late. 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. You be at work on time. Let's stand.